Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Hello, Internet, and welcome to the Engadget Podcast. I'm Terrence O'Brien. Joining me this week on the far left, senior editor Chris Velasco. What's poppin' slimes? That's... <laughs> I'm going to run that one into the ground. Okay, I'm going to... I'll just let you have that. <laughs> also joining us, managing editor Dana Woolman. Hello. And reviews editor Sherilyn Lowe. Y'all are weird. Hi. They are real weird. Can right? we also just go on the record really quick and just confirm that Dana's last name is not Wolfman? <laughs> no. Oh, just on the record. Yeah. yeah that really happened. Wait, that what, what happened? You missed it. Were you in the room when um, I got a call, a no caller ID thing and I picked up and the guy's like, hello, Miss Wolfman. Oh, and goodness. I said, it's Wolfman and I hung up. <laughs> it was beautiful. Power move. It was a beautiful move. Wow. Can I speak to, be to there. Dana Wolfman, please? <laughs> Dano Wolfman. <laughs> I like that. That's I'm, I'm never calling her anything else. Yeah, no, that's that is your new name. Um somebody out there please make like a nice gif of just Wolfman. Wolfman. <laughs> I mean, here's the thing, Terrence. Um I've been called <laughs> Wolfman my whole life. Really? Yeah. You had a really awesome childhood. Yeah. Yeah. Ish. Ish. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um you want to get right to it, guys? Let's yes, it. please. Let's uh, start every, the uh, the show like we do every week with Flame Wars. For mm. those who don't know, uh, this is a short debate segment. We're going to have Sherlyn and Chris face off against each other. You're going to debate the biggest topics of the week. You'll have 20 seconds to make your opening statement. I'll allow you a brief rebuttal. And then Dana will declare a winner based on the strength of your argument purely. Sure. Um, we will be keeping score. At some point, a winner will get a thing, and at some point, a loser will have to do something terrible. <laughs> there will be leaderboards at uh, hopefully next week. We'll have that up and running. Um, so this is going to be like a whole thing. Yeah, I'm in it to win it unless the loser gets to eat like Shake Shack nonstop at CES, in which case I want to lose forever. Yeah, I mean, you can do that even if you don't lose, Also, honestly. you're already a loser forever, so. Oh. Yeah. What? Oh. What? I've got my Shake Shack, so you know what? I'm sort of okay. <laughs> or In-N-Out. Whatever, whatever, whatever. That, like, whatever that West Coast burger chain that people won't <laughs> shut up about is. I think that's In-N-Out. Man, whatever. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just Wendy's with a different name as yep. far as I can that, see. That, nope. <laughs> nope. All right, we are getting we are getting way right. way off topic, but we, that's a debate for another time. We can, like <laughs> somebody like start like a side debate in the comments. Or okay. something. We'll join we'll in. It right. Yep, we'll right. join in. Um, so I want to start. Let's uh, go with Intel. So IDF was this week. Mm -hmm. um, is is it still going on, Dana? Um, this will be airing on Friday. If it, it is, is currently it's on its last day. Okay. We're really tuned in, apparently, to the industry and its goings-ons. The news flow is certainly slowed. Um, yes. So now we're in a position to talk about um, the week that was yeah. Yeah, Intel news. So one of the big announcements and— I'm sorry. Siri is annoying. Sorry. This is—that that happened on, that, uh, on episode zero as she's well, She's very it? sassy. She wants to be a part of this conversation. She's, she's very sensitive. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> 
Anyway. <laughs> um, one of the big things that Intel announced this week uh, was Project Alloy. It's an mm-hmm. all-in-one VR headset. Mm-hmm. So this doesn't need to be connected to a computer. You don't have to plug a phone into it or anything like that. It's just a self-contained unit. Um, I guess one of my questions is, and this is start with you, Sherlyn, is, is this going to be powerful enough and capable enough to actually do VR any justice? And your 20 seconds will start now. First of all, we don't know the full specs yet. We don't know what kind of processors in Project Alloy, so I can't make any uh, estimates there. But for for the mobile and the whole standalone VR headset space, this is a, a big step forward because for VR to be truly immersive, the wearer needs to feel like they can move around without being limited to and being tied to their computer or having to stay in a room with all those cameras. This is great. You are out of time. Oh, you bitch. <laughs> wow, <laughs> that's cold. Kind of went a little further. Mm. I'm sorry. I'm, you still hire me, so yeah, it's all right. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm used. I'm used to it. Uh, all right. So you, Chris, you're not. You're not super interested. You don't think this is a great idea? Not sold. Okay. So your 20 seconds starts now. All right. Intel's next. You're getting pretty power. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Terry, well, you really the buzzer today. there, my friend. Shall I start again? You shall start again. Okay. That, my my thumb slipped. I'm sorry, guys. Okay. Sure, your thumbs. Intel's knucks are getting pretty powerful. I don't doubt that they'll have the horsepower. I'm just concerned they'll not get the experience right. You've got to have a battery on this thing. You've got to have uh, like how comfortable could this possibly be for long periods of time? Also, is it upgradable? Like you're gonna have to buy a new one of these things every couple years? Like if, unless Intel can answer these questions, I this is this is a curiosity, but I don't see it as being a whole lot more than that. All right, and you came in under your 20 second yes. mark, so that's pretty good. But I already got buzzed, so. Yeah, you did. Well, you already got, you I, I got that out of my system real early. <laughs> uh, I, I guess you do make a good point, which is, you know, there's a lot of hardware that you have to pack into this thing that's mm-hmm. on your head. I, Sherlyn, do you, do you see any issue with having to, like, wear a battery, a full computer, and a display, and all these sensors to track, like, hand motion? I believe that this is an early-stage device, and mm-hmm. it'll, in the future, like smartphones have evolved over the years to become thinner and lighter, this Project Alloy headset will get smaller components that are lighter and feel more comfortable around the head. So I think as a preview, this is exciting. And, and Chris, I mean, would, would you accept, at least in theory, that, you know, for... VR to really like reach its full potential, it does need to be a standalone device, or do you think like at the end of the day it still needs to be tethered to something? I think it does need to be tethered. I think you get much more horsepower out of it. And here's the thing that Sherlyn kind of glosses over: cords are long. Okay, like sure, you can be in a room and be tethered to a computer. Doesn't mean you have to be within four feet of a computer, right? Like yes, but to feel like you're still tied to something with a line with a cable, and also processing power just kind of. Depends on the cable's latency too, right? Like the, if you're using a wire that's super slow or it's like frayed at the ends or something, you're going to lose that yeah, connection. Yeah, but these, these companies so have things. standards, right? Like, Of course. They'll, they'll be like, okay, use this cable. And if you don't, you're going to have a terrible experience. Well, and then just like don't be an idiot about <laughs> it, right? Like, Instead of using a, a cable that has to meet a standard, why not make the whole thing meet the standard? I think we're getting, we're getting real hypothetical at this point and real yeah. out there. Uh, Dana, I think it's time for you to declare a winner in this one. Point, Sherlyn. This is exciting as a preview, and Sherlyn is correct that no one has to put a first-generation computer on their head if they don't want to. There you you go. might not even want to do that. That exactly. might not be advisable. And Who are you people? This is what we do. <laughs> is when we strap first-generation computers to our faces. Yeah, I don't know about so you guys. So other people don't have to. Yeah. But then we hate on it, too. We I certainly walked around with a PCAT strapped to the side of my head in the 80s. It was great. You sure it wasn't just your hair? A what? Just don't worry about it. <laughs> what, Terrence? 
It's okay. I, right. I'm, I'm an old. We've, we've established <laughs> this on past episodes. If I refer to a IBM PC Junior, would you know what that is? I, I have heard of it. Okay. All right. Let's just let's just move on. You're making me feel bad about myself. <laughs> <laughs> um, Thanks, Dana. All right. I think they're going to. That was a. Yeah, they're that was concerning. Yeah, there's. There, I think I there might be some collusion going on. All right, on. let's. Uh, let's Dana move smiling? On. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Dana smiling, by the way, infinitely preferable to Dana sneezing. That's not true. No, I prefer mm. sneezing. Anyway. Uh, so earlier this week, um, McDonald's basically ruined many children's days by replacing the toy in their Happy Meal with. A fitness tracker. Um, this is, but to be clear, also not a super fancy fitness tracker mm-hmm. in the vein of Fitbit. This is a pedometer that you just wear on your wrist. Um, they have already pulled these, by the way, because of irritation concerns. So we're we're talking about this, and it kind of is already a story that's basically over. Uh, but still, I thought it was super interesting. Um, and Chris, I mean. Clearly, this is well-intentioned. They're trying to encourage kids to be active. But is this something that can actually make a difference? I think so. I think individual choices are shaped by lots of factors around them. And you've got to figure, McDonald's is an American institution, like it or not. They're going to sell millions of Happy Meals, whether we gripe about it on a podcast or not. At least they're giving kids the option to be like, hey, well, I've got this thing now. Maybe I can make a healthy choice. Maybe I can walk for a little bit. Uh, and honestly, it kind of beats having like a crappy 20-cent toy anyway. You watched me do it, and you just like cut yourself off. You're I know, like, no. I know. <laughs> you were waiting, waiting, <laughs> waiting. Um, Jerlyn, you mm-hmm. kind of think this whole thing is ridiculous, I guess. Mm-hmm. Chris, you're wrong. First of all, these fitness trackers are not good enough, like he said, to do anything productive for the kids. Also, are they going to look at their steps and distance travel? Kids are not sophisticated enough to understand that, oh, distance travel and calories burned are good for me in this way, this way, and that way. They're, it's too young. Their target audience, Happy Meals, it's, it's kind of off for a fitness tracker. Uh, where? That is your 20 seconds. It's pretty good. It's I'm pretty done. good. You're I'm done. Done. <laughs> so basically, your argument is that kids are dumb. Yes. <laughs> kids who eat at McDonald's. Which is every kid. Like, every kid eating <laughs> Happy Meals. Like, well, this is insane to me. Well, are, are you going to take uh, issue with the basic premise that children are dumb? Uh, not necessarily. <laughs> not what? drunk so much as miniature drunk people. But that's yeah, wonderful. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. And, but, but to your earlier point, like, yes, these aren't sophisticated, but like, frankly, you don't need a super sophisticated fitness wearable to be like, oh, I'm walking more. This is good. You don't like, need, these aren't complex well, arguments you're having internally, right? Well, first of all, you don't need a very complicated fitness tracker that McDonald's is giving out because you can just use your phone. Yeah, because like, these kids have phones? These don't need to exist. These kids have phones? These kids this could is the use target phones. Argument? No, these, some of these kids have phones. Sure. People are, kids are getting phones at a younger and younger age, and a lot of these have pedometers. Pedometers are cheap as crap. So there are an awful lot, a lot of budget phones these days. So, but do you, I mean, I guess I understand what you're saying in that, uh, you know, these are very basic devices, and, you know, kids being dumb and not sophisticated enough to understand is, I, I, I might say, is a little bit of an oversimplification, but a fun one, mm-hmm. to be fair. Uh but don't you think that there's something to the idea of just encouraging kids to be more active in general, whether, you know, even if it's through this cheap piece of plastic that comes in a happy meal? Right. I'd rather McDonald's work harder on his nutritional information and education as opposed to just dumping a kid's toy in a happy meal. 
Sure, but there's no reason they can't do both. Like nutritional transparency has been a thing in fast food restaurants for years. Whether or not it works is up to the people who buy it and buy into this stuff. But like, hey, you're giving people an extra tool. Like, there's no downside to that. I wonder if it's kind of like uh, almost a not a placebo, but kind of an effect where it says, "Here, we're giving you this, so it's a little bit healthier. So eat more of our food." You know what I mean? I mean, mm. it's it's super cool to be like cynical about corporate motives, yeah. and that's not incorrect either. But at the same time, like. Like I've said, people are going to buy their kids Happy Meals anyway, right? Like, that's a decision that isn't, in a lot of cases, being made by the child. At least they now have this thing where they could say, hey, okay, I can do something about this if I choose to. Or I can sit in front of the TV. It's my choice. Like, it's it's offering information, and what you do with that is is sort of your own prerogative. All right, Dana. Point. Fiasco. Yes! Yes. <laughs> um, Fiasco with a Z. McDonald's does have some responsibility to help correct the obesity problem, which it helped um, blow out of proportion in the first place. And um, I would agree that kids aren't dumb per se, and they're not um, – it might not be purely their decision to get McDonald's in the first place. Um, so why not have something that encourages them to move around a little more, even if it does give them rashes? Also, it's a cool-looking <laughs> watch. Like, what kid doesn't like watches? I'd like, is, is it cool-looking? I don't know. It's, it's <laughs> not cool. Yeah, it's I'm going to go with – I'm going to go with no on that one. Not on the looks. Okay. Um, Fair all right. Enough. It is now tied 1-1. Let's move on. So Elon Musk said a thing to this week that um, I, I made me scratch my head. He's taking his open AI project, and he's going to teach it how to speak and understand language by forcing it to read Reddit comment threads. Um <clears throat> Yeah, well, I'm just going to throw it out there that I'm I'm already with you, Chris. <laughs> uh, but I'm going to let Sherlyn uh, go first and have an opportunity to convince me and the rest of the people at this table that teaching a machine to speak using Reddit is actually a good idea. It is because Reddit is one of the places where, you know, fresh new internet jargon is dropped all the time. So where better to pick up this vocabulary for a machine? Also, it's a very it's an existing publicly available library and database of words and how people communicate with each other. You don't need to intrude on someone's personal data like going through the Messenger app to find how people talk. It's pretty good. So. Uh I'm going. I also want to hear the freshest new internet jargon. Yeah, what, <laughs> your turn again. yeah, we're we'll come back to the fresh internet jargon in a second because um, I don't think I know it. Um, Chris, okay, Reddit now. All right, so I'm going to avoid the easy argument. I think it's easy to say that we're all on Reddit pretty frequently. Sometimes Reddit is terrible. Let's move beyond that. I think what's really interesting here is that the demographics of Reddit skew very heavily towards young generally like liberal guys and that's cool i don't know that's necessarily how i'd want an ai to sort of interpret and speak um Trillin, any rebuttal there i was paying attention <laughs> 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 i was looking for fresh new internet jargon I'm i've got sorry. it for you what's popping slime no no uh, like t-i-l t-f-w m-f-w these are you mean you mean these the things that i have to google like literally they didn't happen but they're Pretty frequently there, yeah. So I mean, can we teach, teach a bot to says to say says who? Yes. In response to everything. <laughs> yes, that's that the new is. internet jargon. <laughs> that's the new internet jargon. Okay, I'm very says old who? Too. Yeah, we're like Trill and I feel super old right now. Yeah, we are. Like what says is, who? Sure. Says who? What's up? <laughs> that's you guys, right? 
wow. Yeah, I, I think I think you're you're right, Chris. In that you know, it's too easy to make that argument that like Reddit is a cesspool filled right. with horrible people. And which, like, let's give it to the OpenAI team. Like, they they they're not going to actively feed this thing like racist stuff, mm-hmm. right? Like, they'll filter out the worst of it, presumably. Well, well, here's the thing: is I don't know that that's true. I don't think any of us know that that's true. I'm really just giving them the benefit of the yeah, doubt I, because if they don't, so well, here here's what I'm going to say, and I'm I'm want to hear what you have your response to this, Shirlin, like, I, I honestly don't think they're going to filter it. I don't think there's any way they can, on the scale they plan to do this, appropriately filter out um, potentially offensive content. So isn't there, like, a real danger here that basically you're just getting an even uh, more complex uh, tay yeah. At the end of the day? I mean, I'm hoping that they, they teach it to learn not just using Reddit, but also other sources of information. Because Reddit is kind of like we have touched on a deep, dark, wonderful world. But it's um, but I believe that they need to not filter out anything. They need to let it learn every possible thing and then assign meaning to it afterwards. So, for example, if they, they stumbled on a thread where people were being racist, it needs to absorb all of that and then understand how people are reacting to racist comments and then learn to avoid that. It's, it's, I'm, I'm just way too sophisticated for this. Is there room for me to ask a question? Sure. What about on Reddit, guys? All of the specialized Reddits for people who have very intense particular interests and a lot of time to spend on the internet. These people aren't necessarily saying racist things. They might be delving into really in-depth into nerdy topics. What about those people? Can Is there anything to learn from all the varied discussions they're having? I think there's a lot to sort of dig into as far as sort of conversational tone and syntax and structure, and I think that is crucial. I think that's what the OpenAI team is really, really going for here. I think it on the flip side, it is sort of easy to sort of look at that as all valid stuff when a lot of it just isn't. Like there is basically they're trying to teach this thing how to interpret and sort of speak and, and sort of inform its its approach to language, which is great, but doesn't always lend itself well to just sort of listening to everybody. Like, I don't know, I think I think it's maybe fair to say that some people are are worth listening to more than others as far as how you want to, to educate this thing. I mean, it, is it, there's the, the, you're, you're talking about just kind of avoiding that idea of like that false equivalency thing. Basically. Right. Like, yeah. Like not all things are created equal. Not all viewpoints are, are equally valid. Some of them are just batshit stupid. So let's maybe not feed those to an AI. Yeah. But where else would you suggest this system learn how to communicate, learn how people are communicating? I'm not saying don't use Reddit. I'm just saying be smart about it. Like filter out shitty subreddits. Uh, like don't our kappa should be out should we be using written um, exchanges at all that aren't necessarily um, in what's the word I'm looking for immediate real time so um, should we instead be using live real time chats conversations between humans if you wanted to get real real nasty real fast I would say yes well I I, I, I think we're getting a little, little bit off topic, but I think to Dana's point, there is there is some truth that you know, there's only so much about naturalistic in, interaction that OpenAI is going to be able to learn from Reddit. These are not real time conversations. You're not these people are not reacting to each other. Um, in I, I I can't find the word that I'm looking for, but you know it's not it's often. Delayed. Delayed. It's like a turn-based game. Yeah, you sit there and you think about what you're going to say. Half an hour to 
think about how I'm yeah, going to insult that, you. Yeah, but is that not better to sort of have inputs that are based off of like thought as opposed to just like gut instinct reactions? Well, I mean, I think I think in some ways yes, but I also think it's less natural. So I think you know, um, you're not going to build a chatbot or a virtual assistant that's going to respond to you in a natural, believable, almost human way simply by studying comment threads. Like, it's just, it's it's a very different form of interaction. I mean, there are some comment threads that are faster than others, um, such as, like, an, in an AMA, they tend to respond a little faster. Yeah. Reddit supports that system as well. But I see what you're saying. And like I said, it can't be the only source of where the AI is learning. Reddit can't be the only place. All right. Uh, before we go any deeper down that AI hole, Dana? Point, fiasco, and also um, Terrence. Um, <laughs> I don't think I can get a point. Does that mean I get double points? No. no. Damn it. That, so internet speak is like a second language for people, people who already speak human. Um, I, I think if you're a robot who is learning um, human speak as a first language, um, none of that internet speak, none of the, the way we speak in comments is not going to end up in its proper context, the way it would if human language were your first mm-hmm. language. Um, I don't know if it's exactly what you said. I think it builds on a lot of what you said. Dana just said it anyway. better. Yeah, that's fine. That's why she's <laughs> my boss. <laughs> <laughs> All right, last topic of the week. Google Duo. Uh, so... <laughs> I'm sorry. She's like, nope. Yeah. No, I mean, uh, so for those who don't know, um, was it May? I think was it was IO? IO, yes. Back in May. Mm-hmm. Back in May, uh, Google announced... Allo and Duo, Allo, two new uh, communications apps to kind of sort of replace Hangouts. Uh, Allo is not launched yet. No, it is not. Uh, but Duo launched earlier this week. I forget Tuesday, Monday. What? Does it matter? Yeah. And that's the video chat portion of 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 the equation. It's super simple. I guess it's supposed to be their competitor to Skype or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, or, you know, FaceTime. FaceTime. Yeah, FaceTime. I guess that's a better uh, equivalency. Um, v, I know you think that Google is finally kind of on the right track here. I do. Uh, is it perfect? No. It's very simple. I think that's by design. It has a clear sense of purpose, as Nate pointed out in the story. I think what's really important to take away here is that the core, the foundation of, of Duo, works really well. It's a really simple-to-use video chat service that works even on low-end devices, so everyone can use it. Like, if the foundation's fine, they can make it pretty and fun later. It works. <laughs> you really got a kick out I of it. I did. You, you suck. Um, Bring it. Yeah. Chillin'. Mm-hmm. Google doesn't need yet another communication app or service because they already have Hangouts, which may or may not be replaced by Allo and Duo, but I don't need two apps replacing one. Why can't they embed the video feature into Hangouts and call it a day? Also, the knock-knock feature, I know it can be turned off, but having it turned on is very annoying because you don't want all the unsolicited dick pics you're going to get with that preview video. I'm going mad with power. You, you already are, actually. So. It's true. Um, so can you, before, before I, I, I give Chris a chance to offer his rebuttal, can you explain to people what the knock-knock mm-hmm. feature is real quick? The knock-knock feature is when someone's calling you on your lock screen, you can see a preview of their video feed. So you see what their camera is showing before you even accept the call, which I find to be kind of rude and kind of an invasion of privacy because I get a lot of calls on FaceTime from random strangers out of nowhere. And if they were able to just show me whatever the crap their camera was seeing 
before I even said yes or no, that would be very annoying. Of course, it's good that you can turn this feature off, but I, um, I don't like that it even exists. Okay, so I have a quick question that's going to derail us <laughs> oh, slightly. Geez. You get random calls from strangers on FaceTime? Yeah, mm-hmm. I do. Dana, I d- has this ever happened to you? No. It's really weird. I don't know. I used to get that all the time, and it'd be like it'd be like a really long string of numbers. So they probably are in China or some European country, and it it will show my like front camera. It'll show what my front camera sees because it's initiating a face. I just call. get traditional voice calls from strangers <laughs> calling me Wolfman. There you go. <laughs> I guess. I guess. Picks. Yeah. Knock knocks. I don't have. Yeah. Picks. Thank God, I don't have those yet. <laughs> Jesus, don't send me any. You Oof. really just asked for a world of trouble. <laughs> anyway. We should edit that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, I'm sorry that that happens to you on FaceTime because that's effing ridiculous. Like, that's hot trash. Uh, I mean, as far as I know, Duo sort of limits itself to your circle of contacts. So unless you have just, like, really terrible friends, which we all kind of do. Or former Tinder contacts. Which, so at that point, they should probably not be in your contacts anymore. But beyond that, I think it's easy <laughs> to say, like, sure, this is one of many, and do we need all of these separate apps that kind of aspire to do the same thing? But, I mean, it's Google. They killed products. They killed Wave. They killed Buzz. They killed all these things. It's not It's not only not – basically, I'm trying to talk a little too much for, for not a whole lot. But they're going to kill a bunch of stuff. They're going to consolidate, like – it's it's a natural course of action. I firmly believe it's going to happen. Like it's not as it's not going to be as cluttered an ecosystem as we have now within a year or two, guaranteed. Right, but then they shouldn't have pushed it out as a new app. They should have pushed it out as a new feature as part of Hangouts. Is Hangouts savable? Savable? Yeah. <laughs> I think. I mean, okay. So neither of you have said this yet. Hangouts is kind of shitty. I know. I've moved away from Hangouts. To so what's, you- wait, what's your beef with Hangouts? <laughs> yeah, am I am I the only person who like? Like it, use it. Like I use it. I use it for like certain people who won't use anything else, but I like don't actively dislike the process. I don't love it on either mobile or desktop. I especially dislike it on desktop. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. I hate it on mobile. Like the one thing that gets me is that like this is a Google service. You should be able to search your like chat history on your phone. That is uh, my that is my one big issue with it, honestly. Otherwise, I'm kind of fine with it. It does what it needs to do. I kind of felt like Allo and Duo were just like one of these things that just kind of don't need to exist. I'm sure yep. they might be fine apps. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think to answer your question, Dana, if Allo's features and Duo's features were embedded into Hangouts and they did fix some of the problems that we already have with Hangouts, Hangouts can still be saved because it's very prevalent. A lot of people have it. All Android phones come with it. It's it's a very popular system. Hangouts, by, by its nature, though, is, is nowhere near as simple as or parred down as Duo is. So how would you make Hangouts like Duo but without sacrificing a whole bunch of features. I would just replace the, the existing video calls on Hangouts function with, with Duo. Yeah. This I mean, I think, tab. I mean, this is the one part where we kind of agree, right? Like, yeah. I think in a lot of ways it's easier to look at Allo and Duo as sort of like test balloons. Like, yeah. sure, these could find their way into like core Google services eventually. Now they just want to see how people like them, right? Yeah. And you could fold that into Hangouts, but there's a ton of architecture there already that you'd have to re-engineer to kind of get things working as simply as Duo within video calls for Hangouts. Like, that's just a ton of work. They can do it. They just need to know if people are going to use it, if, if it's good, you know? All right, Dana. Well, this is tough because you guys agreed on a lot of things. We're um, actually secretly kind of friends. Let's not tell anyone that. Oh, sorry. Yep. <laughs> You guys hate each we other. We hate each other. That's the official statement. Visceral, yeah. just uncontrollable hatred. We're, we've been fighting on Twitter the whole time we've been talking. Actually. I don't know if you knew that. <laughs> yep. 
Um, oh, this is tough. Uh, Don't eeny miny mo this. <laughs> um, fiasco again. I'm sorry, yes! Sherlyn. Um, oh. I appreciate the point you made that the app was designed to work on a variety of devices, low-end ones, including with poor connections. Mm-hmm. Um, that is a useful base to start with, even if this does, as you say, end up in um, the Hangouts app later on. Mm-hmm. Although it doesn't sound like Hangouts um, in the future will be meant for consumers like us so much. Sounds we'll like see. it's going to be primarily business-focused. Yeah, that's that's the line. Yeah. All right, so we end... Chris wins okay. this this round three I'll to have one. All the Shake Shack. I will eat all the Shake Shack that you won't get to eat. Don't worry, there will be, there will be plenty I, of time I'll, to I catch up we'll and some. crush him. It's okay. I'll beat the Vendra. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. I'll beat the Vendra. Okay. <laughs> or Nate. We're all of them. Or all of them. Physically beat them. Physically I mean, beat I'm, them. I'm, I'm also home. fine with us just being like tied for first place. You can also do that. I guess. Oh wait, no, we're not friends. Oh, oh. <laughs> I hate you and everything you stand for. Your face loses. I don't like your hair. My hair is beautiful. That's not true. Your hair looks good today. I know. <laughs> it's okay. Stop flexing. Anyway. Speaking of hate, I wanted to take a minute Ugh. to talk your about something. Wrong. Oh, just you. Anyway, you will. Anyway, anyway, you on, will have on. your moment. Go on. Uh, and now it's time for a, a little bit that I like to call the worst. I'm sure most people out there are at least somewhat familiar with the idea of using the backspace key mm-hmm. on your keyboard mm-hmm. as the back button in your browser. This is something that uh, a bunch of internet browsers have had for a very long time. And in May, Google made the long overdue decision to remove that feature because it makes no sense. And for whatever reason, I guess to placate the weird, angry people out there who were super upset that, yeah, we'll get to you. Don't worry. Uh, Go on. (laughs) that this feature was pulled out of Chrome, they created an extension that adds it back in. Why, 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 who wants this feature? And let's, let's be super honest. Backspace is the back button is super outdated. It predates web apps. It's probably older than internet browsers. I'd have to look. Somebody out there will probably tell me it like comes from like Emacs or something. Uh, yeah. So, but like, it's way too easy to just like accidentally go back a page, empty out web forums. I've actually lost concert tickets because of this feature where I failed to click cleanly into the text entry field, hit the backspace key, and lost tickets to I forget what at this point. And it <laughs> sold out in the time it took me to refresh the page. I have lost posts that I've written for the site. Yes, I have too. Um, like, what monster thought this was a good idea? Like, what insane person decided, you know what we're going to do? We're going to have a one-button keyboard shortcut, a button that you use on a fairly regular basis to edit text, which is a lot of what you do on the internet is edit, enter text into things, and then make that this, like, trigger to lose everything you're doing. Like, beyond that, like, it's just poor design, Keyboard shortcuts should not be something you should be able to accidentally do, and especially not one that's so destructive. Like, Control-Alt-Delete, you're not going to accidentally do that. Command-W, you're not accidentally doing that. Any one-button short keyboard shortcuts are keys that you're not using. Why does F5 for refresh work? Because F5 has no other function when you're in a web browser. Like, it's just, it's 
terrible, terrible design. It's a stupid feature that should have been removed a long time ago. It's basically just the worst thing in the world. Terrence, how much redder his face got? And I was I gonna say you're so red. I'm fired up, Terrence. Do you use Chrome? I use Chrome. I use Chrome. You know what's never happened to me? Any of the things you've just said. So is it an issue with the design of the browser itself or just you? you. You've never opened up our um, CMS to, let's say, correct a typo in a headline and you hit the backspace key too quickly and then you're just launched out of the post that you're trying no. to correct? No. And also, by the way, Terrence, to your point about Are we just writing- living in a personal Can- hell? Wait, let's. <laughs> I think so. Possibly. And to your point about writing a post in the CMS and like hitting backspace accidentally and like going back and losing it, why are you writing in the CMS in the first place, man? Yeah, I, I know. Like, look, look, <laughs> look. I think you told me that on my first day at work. Yes, and I learned that the hard way when I first started here. <laughs> I was saving other people the trouble of learning don't write posts directly in the CMS. Mm. I still write directly in the Me too. Why? You guys. But I never make that mistake of the backspace. I know exactly where to put my cursor all the time. I know where to have my active fields and my inactive fields. Well, Sherlyn never makes mistakes. I never do, you you guys. Although I did just lose Flame Wars, so. Yeah, you've never just, like, missed, like, clicking in the text field cleanly and, like, didn't notice. or Or, like, bumped, like, the trackpad with your palm. I mean, it's also not like it's super hard to just, like, hit Alt-Left. Is it really Ugh. that hard? Or if you're on a Mac and you have a tu- you have a touchpad, like it's a gesture, like just three fingers or two mm-hmm. fingers or whatever. The goes gestures, back. It, it, it's all it's the same way. In the same way, it is also annoying because I accidentally swipe left all the time when I'm trying to scroll up and down. I go back and forth sometimes by accident. So I do make mistakes, but I've never used the back button mistakenly. I think you are in for a world of hurt. <laughs> <laughs> Man, Dana's gonna edit me so hard now. I. Uh, <laughs> I'm really concerned for the people out there who have parents that use computers and have been doing this for decades. Because as you point out, this is a long-standing practice. I di- so I wrote the story about the, the Chrome extension yesterday. I did a little research because it's just really like strangely fascinating. And so using Backspace to go back did not exist in Mosaic, the very first web browser. It didn't exist in Netscape Navigator, the first version. So far as people have been able to discover on the internet, it showed up in Internet Explorer maybe around 95, and that's probably because Microsoft decided to use Backspace as a hotkey to go back up one directory in Windows Explorer, and that's kind of why it's there. And then Firefox did it just for consistency. So if we're going off of that history, it's been a thing for like 20 years. Mm-hmm. People have been using it. This is, this is just their expectation of how a computer works. And if you're a parent who's doing this and it just changes on you, like I would hate to be the kid getting that phone call at three in the afternoon saying, my Backspace doesn't work anymore. Fix my computer, please. I, I get that, and I, I understand the consistency thing to mm-hmm. an extent, but you know things change. We don't use the same keyboard shortcuts for absolutely everything, and I am also, to be clear, a big fan of keyboard shortcuts. Mm-hmm. I use them constantly. Um, I think people who don't know keyboard shortcuts and I watch them like use the context <laughs> left-click right-click <laughs> menu drive me nuts. Um, but like, just like from moment one, that was poor design basically and it's something that shouldn't have been sur- shouldn't have survived and shouldn't have been propagated you know by the late 90s most keyboards like that came with your gateway computer had like a dedicated browser back button my thinkpad has a dedicated browser back button my old thinkpad which is now 10 years old has a dedicated browser back button. Those are gross. Yeah. I hate those on laptops. I'm not saying that I like them, but I'm saying they're there. Like, 
on most keyboards at this point. Why did I need to use backspace to do it? You know what backspace does? It erases erases text. That's what its purpose is. (laughs) It's not to go back. It serves two different purposes. Why? Ah. God. I'll, I'll throw the, uh, so like I don't I'm never gonna change your mind. I'll throw this out there. Some people like to navigate with just a keyboard. God yep. knows when I was like 12 years old reading fan fiction on the internet, oh, I would put the mouse over there. I'd like use my arrow keys to scroll up and down. If yep. there was a lot of text, I'd use the space bar or page up and page down, and then backspace to go back. And it's just how it worked. Maybe yep. this is an emotional argument because I love that. That's my childhood. Yep. I'm but. I'm with you. I mean, I'm the guy who I don't scroll. I hit space when I'm reading the web. I like page up and page down. One of the things that I loathe about uh, MacBooks is there is no dedicated page up and page down button. Like, that's a thing that on a Windows laptop just fills me with joy. Mm -hmm. But even still, backspace as a back button doesn't make sense. And if you're somebody who's dedicated to using the keyboard to navigate, it is not super hard to hit two buttons at the same time, which would be a smarter, better designed keyboard shortcut. We are never going to agree nope. on this. We're, we're never going to agree. Never, never. This is just, we're just going to keep talking I hate to agree with Velasco, but, but I agree with him. I think it's because of how and when we grew up. Oh, it's, so you think it's a generational thing? I, it might be a generational thing because we, like you, you like your point yeah. before, we mm. grew up being used to it. Getting, so what you're I saying, avoid the backspace key sometimes. Are you, are you just Maybe. saying that because I predate the internet, um, I hate it? Basically. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and this is an argument that like no one younger than us will like ever have. Yeah, yep. no. Uh, I can't wait for the hate mail to roll in for this one. <laughs> we got some really so so Nick first wrote the story about Google thinking about doing this back in May. Yeah. And like the comments on that story were so, so good. And it was an even split too. Like yeah. some people were terrified, some people were like, Yes. Yeah. Finally. Now it's time for our round table discussion. It is time for group chat. Um this is where we talk about the big topic of the week. And this is big, big. This is like real Heady stuff, guys. We're getting real weird here. Real deep. When do we not get weird? Um, yeah, have you been to our office? Yeah, I mean, well, usually we get real weird off camera uh, and off the air, and we're going to get a little weird and uh, on camera Good. and on microphone now. Exactly what we've always wanted. Uh, so if you have been reading the site this week, you may have noticed that we are doing a week-long celebration of artificial intelligence. This is in Gadget's AI Week, um, and we've been covering it from all sorts of different angles and I think one, one, of the, one of my favorite pieces that has gone up this week, and I love them all, to be clear, um, is a piece from Jess Condit about whether or not, you know, this idea, we even understand what artificial intelligence is because we don't necessarily know what intelligence is. Um, and so I kind of wanted to take this, like, step back and look at this from, like, a really, like, big picture perspective, you know. And I guess let's start with that, like, first fundamental question, Sherlyn. I mean, do we understand intelligence enough to create an artificial version of it? No, we don't. I don't understand intelligence. I'm not even intelligent enough to <laughs> understand the question, really. I mean, sometimes I code, sometimes... I mean, the human mind is kind of limited. It's very, like, it, these big conversations, chicken or the egg, like, so many things, there's their God, these things are similar to the question you're asking me, basically, do we understand intelligence? Do I understand intelligence? I don't. It's it's beyond the... God, Siri. Speaking um, of not intelligent. <laughs> right? Hey, Siri. Siri really wants to take part she in this really conversation. Wants to be, beyond the biology of how a brain works, I don't think we understand how, how to program intelligence, how to create intelligence. I think we know how to program it. I don't think we understand what it means to be a sentient being. human being. Yeah. 
Because um, you can, it's kind of like a game of whack-a-mole, right? You can think of all sorts of algorithms and if this then equations yeah. that can make a computer smarter and make better decisions. But all of that relies on input. And it is a game of whack-a-mole because you can think of one, but there's still an infinite number of unaccounted for possibilities. possibilities. Yeah. Well, do we need to even understand the mind? Like, do we actually need to <clears throat> fundamentally understand what intelligence is and how the human mind works to create an artificial version of it? Or is, there, or is it like you're saying, is it just something that we can eventually get through through whack-a-mole algorithms and like just like not even truly reverse engineering, just kind of like band-aid upon band-aid? I think we need to live with the fact that we're not going to build something that's completely intelligent. That's what we need to. Well, it all circles back to what your definition of, a, of intelligence is. And the thing is, there are, an, there are as many definitions of intelligence as there are people to offer opinions on what that definition is, right? Like, we, we're not going to come to a consensus as to what it is. Whether or not that informs how we approach AI construction is another story. But I think data brings up an interesting point. Like, <sighs> there's a lot. <laughs> there's a, I'm, getting, I'm getting kind of fired up here. Um, I think it's a little anthropocentric. I think it's a little silly to just assume that the only way to build an AI is to understand how our brain works because we're working when it comes to intelligences that can understand and interpret like abstract information. We have, we have a sample size of one. It's us. Mm -hmm. And like, sure, that's great. And like, we can build off of that. But is it, it feels presumptuous to think that that's the only way to do it. And, and that like, there's no, I, I don't know. Like, so you, you think we're using the wrong I'm, I'm, bench, we're, we're using the wrong benchmark, perhaps even to begin with, because we have just that one, or the wrong species, <laughs> or the wrong like sure we might be better off building AIs based off of like whale thought uh, or not. But well, I mean, that, that, I mean, I think that's an interesting question. Is you know, do we have to fundamentally rethink our definition, whatever our definition of intelligence, or something that we'll hopefully get to in a little bit, uh, or like creativity, because our sole understanding of it is human intelligence and human creativity and human consciousness and do we have to like just create a separate definition for machines like is there a different understanding for machine created uh, works or I think that is I think it's fair to say that's the case I think some AI researchers already hold sort of a different definition of intelligence um, I don't know that we'll ever be able to create something that sort of feels and acts and emotes humanly mm -hmm. because I think there is I, I couldn't speak to like the biological mechanisms, but there's like stuff inside us that doesn't. It really won't emote because it won't have feelings. Yeah, sure, but uh, I mean, one could argue that that's that feelings are like a cascade of like brain chemicals, and once we understand how those function, we could theoretically figure out how to replicate that. Well, and this is getting really deep. Yeah, We're that's weird. the point of this conversation. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Would we have feelings without a sense of self and individuality? Self-awareness? No. And is that something that you can replicate on a machine? I don't know. I think, I think what is eventually going to happen is scientists will continue on their path of trying to replicate the human brain in silicon and in code. But we'll also see people just sort of like trying to piece stuff together and in search of like hitting that tipping point where all of these connected systems sort of transcend the system and become this sort of cohesive whole, this, this sentient. Is that dangerous though? Who knows? I mean, I don't think any of us are qualified to say it, but it's it's interesting, and it's something we're gonna do anyway. Yeah, I mean, I I think you know the the danger question is probably uh, barely worth considering yeah. at this point. Oh, thanks. Um, well, no, no, it's not like it's. <laughs> I think it's. I I think you know, Elon Musk and all these people who are like really sounding the alarm. Yeah. Um, are clear are clearly super concerned about how 
machines are going to enslave us and turn us into like house cats <laughs> or something. Um, but I mean, I think Jess makes this really important point in her piece, and I think uh, others have uh, made a similar argument, which is you know. Not only do we not understand intelligence, we don't understand artificial intelligence, and it's probably too early to really be passing judgment and being getting super concerned about you know becoming slaves to the machine, uh, quite literally. Um, I did. I think you kind of touched on something interesting, though, there, Chris, which is this um, idea of worrying less about build, mimicking the brain and trying to recreate this, and there will be people who do that. And more about kind of building this patchwork of things that um, you know gets past the system, as you put it. And I think you know at the end of the day, it's maybe I'm misinterpreting what you're saying. It's more about at that point mimicry and like achieving the end goal of appearing like conscious, mm-hmm. if not actually being it. And you know, uh, one of our other editors, uh, Aaron, did this great piece in November. Uh, where he tried to teach a neural network to write an Engadget story. And then he did a similar experiment this week for AI Week in which he fed a whole bunch of Engadget stories to another system called Wordsmith, which is what uh, the Associated Press and a couple of others used to generate like sports stories Mm -hmm. and finance stories and stuff like that. Um, And while the neural network is arguably the more advanced system it kind of tries to mimic the way the human brain works and make all these connections and it did spit out like what would qualify as english sentences um it could not write a news story it didn't know how to like piece together it was all not of these a post things. we were proud to have on a gadget yeah no i mean we we to be clear ran excerpts of it in line in yeah. the story for we did a reason post it on the site but with a d- disclaimer i believe oh no no, no i'm talking about the one from the november sorry oh, okay no, the one we we ran the the one from this week was written less it wasn't written by a neural network it was uh almost like a programming language basically where Aaron fed it a bunch of like conditional rules and like tables of data and then it wrote this post about the note seven which we did publish and uh, I will make sure that that ends up in the description and you can read it and read Aaron's piece which but is even excellent. that we weren't terribly it wasn't a messy post but it also wasn't a very smart one no, no it's yeah. very like Engadget 1.0 like right. hey here's here's the thing this is what it does here, here is this thing these are yes. the facts exactly exactly I heard it like that in my head right yeah but it did manage to pull some context out it made it wrote what is at the end of the day a coherent story mm-hmm. it wasn't like uh, a pile of gibberish mm-hmm. um I mean, I guess I'm still not worried about the machines taking my job. Um, but then again, you know, I think as we've shown this week, it's not an easy thing for a machine to do is, yeah. you know, kind of put context around these things. Right. It was kind of scary good how, like, coherent it was. Though. Yeah. I, I looked like, at the post. Mm-hmm. I read the story and was like, okay, like, this isn't a great story. Yeah. But like, hey, Toby Golby, like, Okay. Like, you're not awful at this. I also thought it was written, before I knew it was written by a bot, I thought it was written by our database editor, Chris Nottas, because that's kind of some of the posts she does. And I was like, oh, yeah, this, totally, this is totally good. Yeah, do, do we have a disclaimer in that post saying this was, in fact, written by <laughs> Yes, Wordsmith? Yes, we do. Okay, well, I glossed over that part. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I missed it. Um, Toby, yeah. yeah. Maybe. Give we are, we are almost out of time, unfortunately, yeah. but I do want to ask one more question. Uh, I have a whole bunch of things that I'd love to address that we just simply don't have time. Um, but I guess what, one of these, the questions that this brought up for me, uh, this whole experiment with teaching it to write, is, you know, 
did that neural network or did WordSmith create this post? Did it write the post or did it simply generate the story? And is there like an important distinction between those two things? There is an important distinction. It generated, generated. the post. Aaron poked it sort of along the way to get it. He, like, he wrote the first sentence. Like he, he gave it sort of a seed to work with. And then I think – and I'll have to like double check in the story, but he's, he does kind of guide it along. Like there are a couple places where I think he sort of intervenes and makes it slightly more readable in certain ways by by interacting with Wordsmith directly, uh, which to me just feels like like this is this is a thing that anyone could do. Like it it just took some words and put them in a framework that sort of makes sense. Is that creation? No, and I think what it like the job that we journalists have to do is sort of write stories that. These things can't. But even if, like, even with that said, like, the stories that I write and the stories that you all write and the stories that we like to read on Engadget are the ones that have nuance and context and soul. Yeah. And unless you can convince or teach, I don't know, Wordsmith or something like How to it, have an opinion. How to have an opinion and, like, effing stick to it, you yeah. know? Like, you will never, ever get an AI to write a story about the backspace key that will be as fiery or as fun to read as what you just did 10 minutes ago. <laughs> I will take that as a, as a compliment. Uh, Dana, any last thoughts? Um, no, not for me. No? All right. Sherlyn? Uh, I wish I were intelligent enough to be, to be a creator of AI. That's all my last thoughts are. Yeah. We, we are, uh, unfortunately, probably all at this table not nearly as smart as any of the people who are doing this work. And I think, you know, but if I, anyone could do it, they could. Yeah, it's it's super fascinating, but honestly, I, at times, barely understand it myself. Yeah, but you know what? Here's another difference between us and AI. Like, we'll always want to figure it out. True. They'll stop. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Um, and now for an awesome transition. The other thing I do want to figure out is I want to figure out what you guys want. Uh, please tell us, send us feedback, leave comments, hit us up on Twitter at Engadget. Email us at podcast at Engadget. Um, or hit us up individually on Twitter. Uh, Chris, where can the fine viewers and listeners find you? Twitter.com slash Chris Velasco, V as in Victor, E-L-A-Z as in Zebra, C-O. Dana? Uh, oh, on Twitter? Yeah, where can our, where can our find uh, readers and viewers? And It is my full name, Dana Wolman. Um, Dana Wolfman. Dana Wolman. Um, <laughs> stay out of my mentions unless you are nice. Thank you. Sherlyn, <laughs> like uh, where can they, they reach you? At Sherlyn Lowe, or just go to one of their Twitters and find me. <laughs> just go to one of theirs and just look in the, yeah, look in the people the, I follow. I'm, I'm always fighting with her, so you can just find her via. Yeah, name. we're always fighting. Uh, and you can find me on Twitter at Terrence O'Brien. That's lots of E's, no A's. Um, please join us next week. Thank you for watching. But before we go, I want to leave you with the comment of the week, which comes from E. Clinton about price or death to this article. Death to you. Uh, uh, uh.